Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. Here's the snap. Allen going to keep it and run. Looking for the end zone, and he's in. Josh Allen, the beast, has been released. It's a five-yard touchdown run for Buffalo. Chris Brown on the call right there on the Buffalo Bills radio network. Bills, of course, wound up not winning that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, who are now in the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 58, against the San Francisco 49ers. On Sunday, and joining us on the Western Hotline right now is our man Eric Wood, former Buffalo Bills center and current color analyst on the Buffalo Bills radio network. We will get to the Super Bowl in a little while. We'll get to the Bills offseason, but first, Eric, uh, welcome in. It's Sal and Joe, and we are both very, very jealous of you because you have joined the exclusive. I think it's exclusive, right? It's a hole-in-one club exclusive. I don't even know, you know, what to what to call that. Is it exclusive? It's definitely not a lot of people, I guess. It seemed exclusive to me before I hit one. I've been playing a lot of golf over the years and uh, never had gotten one. So to do that with some of my buddies down in Florida uh, was pretty special. Did you know right away that it was in? We did. Yeah, it uh, it kind of one hopped and disappeared. I mean, mm-hmm. there, I was halfway nervous walking up that just something goofy happened and it wasn't going to be in there. But, uh, yeah, it was in there and we celebrated appropriately. All right. All right, so so tell us about it. Like, give us set up set up the scene, man. Give give the details. We're sitting around. I mean, you know, this is what this is what we do when we get a hole in one. If somebody does, I'm like, you ever have a hole in one? Sure, I did. Let me tell you the story. Go ahead, Eric Wood. Tell the story. I'm a member down at Medalist Golf Club down in Florida, so that is my happy place. So we book a trip with my uh, close buddies from Louisville every Pro Bowl week because if the Bills are still in it, uh, regardless, that week I won't be working, and so. We had our trip planned. This is day three of the golf trip. Leslie is flying down that afternoon to meet me, and then we're going to spend a few days uh, away from the kids. And hole 16, par three over the water. It was um, It's about 181 from the plate, so we estimated about 187 because it was about six paces uh, back from center and hit a beautiful little draw, seven iron, hit about an inch from the hole and backed up in. Wow. That's awesome. So it was pure. It wasn't like one of these, like, it just kind of had to roll for about 10, 12 feet. It just it went pretty clean in, one hopping in. It almost Michael Block punctured the hole. I mean, it was an, <laughs> wow. Hallmark was an inch away from the hole. And so, 
Yeah, it was uh, it was about as pure of a shot as I can hit. Ele- elevation was it up, down, straight on? Uh, no, flat hole, but you got uh, carry over the water, um, and okay. then there's kind of bunkers that protect it right. So uh, generally on that hole, I just aim at the bunkers, play a little draw, and hopefully it doesn't draw too much. On that hole, had you come close before? Like, did you know you've played that hole enough? You played this course enough? Like, like you kind of know the layout. It helps you a little bit. But had you been close before? And like, kind of, did you know how to play this one specifically? This is awesome. I need to do more golf interviews. Um, <laughs> I have played this course many times. Uh, I was down there for a couple of days with some buddies prior to the Bills playing against the Dolphins. Uh, I have never been close to a hole-in-one on this hole. Wow. Uh, generally, I mean, it's, it's, it's always pretty windy down there. It's fairly close to the coast. And so, you're, you're I mean, seven of the top ten players in the world are a member there for a reason because it's not a very easy track. And they cut the green to the scale of – where they're playing tour events and whatnot. And so, um, no, I haven't been close to a whole one on this hole. I actually, um, Ronnie Billetier, a medalist guy, or a Rochester guy, but he's a member down there as well, the member member. I did hit the green, and then um, I at least three-putted. I might have even four-putted. Eric, I'm thinking about, like, I mean, you're a good golfer, and – like I mean, I don't know. You could your handicap. What is your handicap right now? Do you mind revealing? I don't even know. You got to be in the I'm, low I'm in the six. single digits, yeah, right? Yeah, I'm a six okay. right now. Okay. What have you have you ever looked into like the pro am stuff? Like, what would that take to be to do something like that? Like what Josh does. I mean, I know he's Josh Allen with the name and quarterback and all that, but there's guys on there that I would say Eric Woods' name is more recognizable. Yeah, you know, I would kill to do that. Some of them have companies that put them in there. Um, I'm a part of Encore Golf, which is based out of Buffalo. I'm hoping that maybe right. as Encore grows that I get some more access to some of these programs. But I would absolutely love to. And, and mainly because if there's a scoreboard, like those guys get out there, and it's individual competition, like I, I absolutely love those things. So doing the Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the Tahoe Pro-Am, those would be probably – I mean, those would be – I don't want to say bucket list items, but those would be goals in this golf journey. Joe, anything else on golf before we get to football with Eric? Mm, no, I'm just jealous. I'm just jealous watching him in shorts down there on the course. And well, to be fair, it's actually very sunny here today, so you know it's giving me false hope that we're going to be golfing soon. Yeah, get it. And you do have the video for people that know. The video's on your 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 ex, your Twitter feed yep. of you rolling up there and and getting out of the cart and pulling it up. People want to see that. They can they can see that there. Yeah, I had we played a five some that day and I'm really close to the caddy as well. So, everybody was uh, I don't want to say as excited as me, but everyone was very excited. <laughs> um I brought all those buddies down there uh and hosted them. So, uh they were they were definitely excited for me. Uh, but the caddy, yeah, the, the the video from behind of us driving up to the green and getting out of the car, that was pretty sweet. All right, I do have one final question. I'm sure you did, but I just want to make sure you bought all the drinks after, right? That's the rule, right? You I think, did a whole I think that's a must. Drinks. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so yes, I, I bought a bunch of drinks. Luckily, there's not a ton of people at that country club on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> um, and so I have no idea what the bar bill was, but it's going to be worth it. But, you know, we go out to eat that night, and – my buddies buy me a meal, surprise me, where they told the restaurant beforehand to bring out like a hole-in-one dessert that was designed for it. 
and they bought the meal and they bought drinks afterwards. I'm like, they're like, we're happy for you. Why should you be punished for one of the coolest moments of your life? Why would you want to be punished? Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So we, we, and we, and our, our group of buddies, um, we hadn't hit a whole one playing together before. So we've kind of made it like, and I thought that was such an awesome gesture. I'll, I'll copy that in the future. Like, make someone else feel special in that moment and not say, Ooh, I'm going to get a really nice tequila on this guy that I would never pay for myself. But since you got a hold of one, I'll go buy a $45 drink. I thought that was pretty cool of my friends to do. Yeah, for sure. Eric Wood on the West her hotline. All right. Bill's season didn't end obviously um, the way that all of us had hoped and uh, wanted it to. And now the chiefs and the 49ers are playing in the Super Bowl but I mean Eric is a guy that's you know been around it you played professional sports you you know you got into the playoffs at the tail end of your career just the razor thin margin of getting there and not getting there there's been a lot of talk about can they ever beat the Chiefs how close they are can you just kind of speak to the little things and how close this team truly is and you know Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean saying we're not going to strip it down to the studs we don't need that we just need to make a few more plays basically you got to make a few more plays, and there's adjustments each and every year based upon the salary cap and guys getting older and whatever it is. You know, they're not going to run out the exact same team, but no, I don't think that there's anything that needs to be blown up in Buffalo. You're a couple plays away, you know, twice getting past the Chiefs in the playoffs, and you know, I, I don't, I don't think we're at that point. You know, I, I do think that the margin for error in the AFC, with the amount of great quarterbacks that are in the AFC is small. And so in the playoffs, you have to play your best football. And if you don't, you're going to get bounced. And at this point, especially with the Chiefs right now, they have so much playoff experience. I feel like they manage games well. They make adjustments. The moment's not too big for them. It was impressive to see them go on the road to Buffalo and Baltimore this year and get those wins because they hadn't had to go on the road uh, during the Patrick Mahomes era uh, in the playoffs. But, you know, I spoke to Offensive line coach for the Ravens, Joe Dallas Andrews, after the game. And uh, he coached me in Buffalo, he, currently with the Ravens. And he essentially said the same thing. Like, they, they just managed the game well. They made a few more plays than us. We didn't have our best day on offense. And then you get bounced. You could have a really good season. You could have a really good team. But especially in the AFC right now, you got to be playing your best ball. So to, to circle all the way back, no, this doesn't need to be blown up. Um, and – I loved the fact that they kept Joe Brady uh, as offensive coordinator. We'll see who all gets added with a quarterback's coach and whatnot. And then Bobby Babich, I think, will be a home run. And, you know, it's interesting. Uh, These coaches are getting younger and younger around the NFL at the head coaching position. Sean got hired as a young coach himself. And then he's gotten young at both these coordinator spots. So maybe you get this kind of, like, influx of youth in the staff, which would be a lot of the Bills fans that – would want a coaching change. They, I'm sure they would want the next young, hot offensive mind or young defensive mind, whatever it may be. You kind of get both of that with Joe Brady and Bobby Babbage. Is there a takeaway on like what the theme of the offseason should be with the, the end of the season in mind? That has happened in the past. It doesn't have to. Where they draft Greg Rousseau and Boogie Basham, it was right after they couldn't get to Mahomes in an AFC championship game, and there have been other reactions, I guess, since then. You know, maybe the offensive line was a little bit last year, but is there one of those for you, the way this game went and the way the game ended, or is it just kind of, you know, just it it happened? There were some late game plays that didn't go your way, and they were a a bounce or two away from winning it. 
Yeah, I mean, getting healthy, because when I look at this, if, if Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard are at linebacker, you know, this this is likely – we're ha- likely having a different conversation. And, and, and I understand that most teams can have that conversation with injuries that they had. But, you know, getting healthy at that linebacker position, hopefully those guys can both get back to form because that might be the most athletic linebacker tandem in the NFL. And then, you know, offensively when I'm looking at it, you know, and I don't know exactly what this guy looks like, but someone – besides Diggs and even Shakir that can either stretch the field or just put more pressure on a defense to where, you know, in the playoffs, which you're going to end up going against a really good offense. And each of the times that the Bills have been bounced, they haven't been able to keep pace with an offense on the other side that's been moving the ball up and down the field. You know, is there one more person, you know, especially every receiver that can really put pressure on a defense? And I, and I would be looking to add that, whether that's, free agency, or even draft. And then on the defensive side of the ball, you have Von Miller, who wasn't himself this year. Can he re- get back to form? Can he become a guy that can consistently put pressure on a quarterback? Because in the playoffs, you're, you just have to have four guys up front, or you have to have a few of them that can get to the quarterback and put pressure on a quarterback uh, and affect them throughout the game because – the, the, the top guys you're going to likely be facing, you're in and you're out, and, and, and really I'm thinking of Burrow and Mahomes, you blitz those guys, you're, you're likely going to pay. And you can blitz them at times, but when you do blitz them, they can make you pay just like Josh Allen can. And so, you know, you, know, you look around and you see a Chris Jones or any of those types of these, guys, of these teams going to the Super Bowl. Okay, can the Bills draft someone that can develop into that is there pieces there, or can Ed Oliver, a Greg Rousseau, a Bob, whoever it is, develop into someone that when the game's on the line in the playoffs, they're getting home to the quarterback. And Bond was that at one point of his career, and I'm anxious to see if he can get back to that. And at that age, can he do it with the consistency that he did in Denver, in L.A.? Maybe not throughout the course of a game, but in crunch time, can we rely on him to get to the quarterback? You mentioned, you know, that it's good to have Joe Brady back. Bobby Babish becomes the new defensive coordinator uh, for the Buffaloes. We don't know if he'll call plays yet. The Bills are going to sort through that. Maybe we'll find out here soon. But you've been around Bobby, obviously. I mean, obviously what he did with the safeties and then the linebackers speaks volumes about his um, his work as a position coach. What's your thoughts on him becoming the full-time defensive coordinator? I'm excited for him. He's the guy that I've had a lot of respect for since I first got to know him in 2017 when he was on staff and – had a lot of respect for him then. Um, he cut his teeth in this business. His dad, Bob, coached forever in the NFL. And so he's been around ball. He knows ball. Uh, schematically, I'm interested to see what would change, if anything, with, you know, if he has, and likely will, even if he's not calling the place, have some, some more influence uh, on this defense. But I love the energy he brings. Even Sean McDermott said, like, look, when I'm doing head coaching duties during the game, Bobby Babich is the one that gets the team together on the field and gives them, you know, whatever info they need uh, to get them going before that next series. But Bobby is smart. You could tell you could tell it within the building, and then you can even tell it when he does his press conference. He's a he's an intelligent person, you know, in this kind of younger, which I was mentioning earlier, this kind of younger mold of coaches, these super intelligent guys. He's one of those guys. He's he's extremely bright, and then. From a talent development standpoint, 
Um, and I'm not saying these guys weren't good players prior, but what he did with Jordan Porter and Micah Hyde working one-on-one with them in the meeting rooms and on the field, and then what we saw out of Terrell Bernard this year, that kind of development without even having a preseason and getting very limited reps last year, I mean, heck, if we didn't promote him to defense coordinator, I'd assume that there'd be people lined up to get him to come into their building. Yeah, I thought Tyrell Dodson got a lot better as the season went on as That's well. That's a great point, Joe. Yeah. Great point. On, on, I think you mentioned this in passing a couple minutes ago, but you like that they brought back Joe Brady also? I do. I do. And, and I think Joe is one of those guys as well, and you saw kind of the interest that he was gaining with you know head mm-hmm. coaching uh, interviews as well. He's the guy that took over, and I've had offensive coordinators fired midseason before. You're taking over an offense, but you're likely going to have to use 95% of their terminology and plays because that's what you installed during training mm-hmm. camp. And look, he's going to have influences from Dayball and Dorsey in his offense, but I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table. And like I said, I, I think he's one of those next uh, upcoming young offensive minds. But when he took over, and Sal, me and you and Chris would talk about this uh, on the pregame coverage often on the roundtable on WGR. We talk about it often. There's just There was only so much he could install on a week-to-week basis because you're not going to completely transform the playbook. You can't. There's just not enough time uh, to get all that done. But the, the one-off specifics that they would put in and the, the way he was able to marry formations and game plan-specific things – to make a defense think and then trap them later in the game. Some of the designed uh, touchdowns that he would script in the red zone to get Josh some easier looks or even use Josh as a battering ram at times. Um, I was impressed enough. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Just say, hey, let's run it back with Joe Brady. Eric, a couple other coaches around the league I just want to ask you about real quick. Um, what were your interactions with Anthony Weaver? The Bills will face him now a couple times a year. Obviously, he becomes the new defensive coordinator of the Dolphins. I know he wasn't like the Bills' position coach for you, but he did coach the D-line and Kyle Williams and Mario Williams and all those guys. Yeah, uh, good dude. A guy who played, he's got a presence about him. You know, you've seen him out at training camps. So, I mean, he's a big yeah. dude. Um and he's got some charisma about him, and, and, but I, but and then he's had a few stops since. So you know, where do his um, you know kind of influences come from? Yeah, uh, I'm interested in seeing. Um, but again, uh, it, I know he's not super young, but it's this it's this youth yep. movement in the NFL at the coordinator head coaching positions for the most part. 
And, and then your buddy, AVP, Alex Van Pelt, gets hired by the Bills division rival, uh, the New England Patriots. And uh, what can he bring to the Patriots in their, obviously, their rebuild here on the offense? Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see who's that quarterback, you know, what kind of direction they're going, if they're going to try and, you know, kind of catch up with the rest of the NFL and play more of a, you know, more of an open attack. Uh, it just seemed like under Belichick they were pretty adamant about kind of sticking with that same Tom Brady-looking offense over and over and over, even when uh, number 12 had moved on. And so, um, you know, it'll be interesting. But I'll say this. Alex Van Pelt is as good as anybody at getting a group to kind of buy in and play together. And he's, I mean, he's mm-hmm. one of the guys. I mean, we hear we hear legendary stories about AVP from when he was within the organization playing for the Bills and then even afterwards when he was a part of the radio broadcast. Uh, he uh, made a bunch of friends doing that as well. So uh, I'm happy for him. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to root for him when he's not in our division. Um, it was a lot easier when he was in the other, in the other conference, but I uh, love that dude to death. Eric, the, the video, the three-minute video that Cameron Wolf posted from the Pro Bowl where he's asking Diggs about you know his future and whatnot, and Diggs, I mean, we've done this but like a million times. I'm sure we've asked you or you've been asked this question in different ways. But him not saying just definitively, oh, no, like I'll be back next year in Buffalo, like giving the answer about, you know, the money and not under my control, is it worth talking about at all to you? Is it a complete non-story? Is it weird? Like, what what do you make of, you know, the Diggs thing being up in the news again? Yeah, I mean, I would say um, he'll be back. And by all indications, the guys on the team love him. You know what I mean? It's like... It's and he does a good job game days and at practice being one of the guys. And then it just seems like whether it's Dan Patrick or Rich Eisen, whoever it was last year, you know, kind of Super Bowl week, he ends up getting some headlines or Pro Bowl week, as in this case. But um, you know, I have it's hard for me to say. I mean, I still get asked about what happened at minicamp last year, and I don't know. And mm-hmm. so it's it's just hard to say. Um, but he, I mean, he's so competitive. If they're not winning the Super Bowl each year, he's going to be extremely ticked off for those next few weeks, which is, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But then we end up answering a bunch of questions about whether <laughs> he's disgruntled. But I mean, I'm no, I'm not Jim Overdorf, but the way I've understood his contract, I, I don't know that it, it would be in any way practical for the Bills to be able to move mm-hmm. on from him. Right. No, same thing. Any of the women we've talked to about that, it's like they could do it, but it just doesn't make any sense, and it would not help them be competitive at all next year. Um, Eric Wood in the Western Hotline for another minute or two. Uh, Super Bowl this week, um, how into the game are you for storylines and for – it's the Chiefs again, so I guess you know those out there will be hate watching it for that. But what is this matchup in terms of the interest level for you? Yeah, I'm interested. I mean, it, it should be a good game. We only got a two point spread. I mean, this should be a tight one. And you have, you know, star power quarterback on the other side, Brock Purdy, who said his ideal team would be all the San Francisco skill players, and then Josh Allen at quarterback. And so. Um, I, I appreciate that humility, but, you know, can he take a step and become a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Okay, then is he still kind of the laughing stock where, you know, the Cam Newtons of the world poke fun at him all offseason? So, yeah, I, I'm interested in this matchup and see how it shakes out. Um, 
you know, I obviously don't want to see the Chiefs win another one. And I'm just like, I'm just petty enough that like, and I love Josh Allen so much that another ring for Mahomes just makes him so much harder for Josh to ever be able to catch back up as far as, you know, legacy goes throughout this era. Because it's a special era, but I mean, man, if Mahomes wins another one, you know, he's kind of running away from the rest of the guys in, in, in kind of this era, which there's still a possibility to catch him. But uh, to me, I've always said that, you know, Josh Allen and Mahomes, they're kind of 1A, 1B, and Mahomes has kind of just made those couple last plays at the end. If we win the one in Kansas City, you know, how does that season shake out? So all that being said, um, I'll be pulling for the Niners. Eric, what do you got going on in the uh, podcast? And I know you had a really uh, – you do this every year. You talk with Brandon Bean. If you want to tell everybody about that a little bit and where they can find it in that conversation. Yeah, I had Brandon Bean on the Center on Buffalo podcast last week. Uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, Bean was great. And you get some football talk, and then you get some Kentucky Derby stories and golf stories <laughs> and all of that as well. And, and then last week, uh, Mitch Morris was on, and he was great. Nice. Mitch is like – Mitch, I don't know – you know, he's getting older. I don't know if he's started to open up a little bit with the possibility of maybe uh, doing some media stuff. But I thought he was awesome when he won on McAfee a couple weeks ago. He was great on my podcast. Um, and there's just something about offensive linemen getting together and having a conversation. And, you know, you get like some stuff that you – know, stu- and even the stuff that I think that that listeners will be like, all right, we all shut up about a bunch of terms and, you know, communication at the line of scrimmage that – you know, it's over our head. Then, uh, then the feedback I'll get was, man, we need twice as much as that. So maybe we need to do more uh, O-line talk on those podcasts. But Mitch was great. And I say all that because, you know, he comes on the podcast, he's chugging a Red Bull at the start of it. I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. All right, we're going to show up with some energy. Because you guys know, and I try, you know, you know, I, I, I love GR and, you know, work, yeah. work for them in a sense. And so, you know, I'm going to show up with some energy, but mm-hmm. you get guests. Yeah. You don't know how they're going to show up. And I'm not paying them for their time. You know, they might get some Dano seasoning, but I'm not paying them for their time. <laughs> so when Mitch showed up ch- chugging a Red Bull, I was like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Let's go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, buddy. Enjoy the game this week. And thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it. We'll catch up down the road. Uh, the off season never stops, so I'm sure we'll be in touch. Thanks a lot, bud. Yep. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. All right, you got it. Eric Wood right there on the West Her Hotline. Mitch Morse. He, I will agree. Like, Mitch, Mitch is like, I don't know if you realize this, Joe, like if you kind of paid attention to it, but like Mitch, like pretty routinely drops a couple like words where you're like, hey, I got to call the station and tell him like, hey, Mitch Morse kind of swore today. I got to edit this out. You know what I mean? Like he, he just, it's the way he talks. He gets the good guy award for the Buffalo medium. Yeah. Uh, we presented him that this year and he deserved it. He's so good with the media. He's really accommodating. You know, he, if you, if you need him, he's there, but when you talk to him, he is very real and he is not afraid to just say what's on his mind, which is great. And sometimes that leads to words that we can't say on the radio. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, Jason Kelsey might be walking away. So <laughs> there's re- there's a vacated <laughs> space here for the league's most interesting center if he wants to start to fire up the uh, the podcast game or uh, or something along those lines. For sure. All right. So the Sabres play tonight. You guys had Don Granado on earlier today. A couple things he said. Kind of. I was listening this morning a little bit and. Kind of piqued me a little bit. So I, I want to get into that and you know what their second half might look like here when we come back on the Extra Point Show on WGR.
All right, Sabres back in action tonight. They take on the Dallas Stars. 7 p.m., puck drops downtown. Of course, pregame coverage right here on WGR at 6 p.m. and on the Sabres radio network. Good job today, this morning, Joe, by the way, naming the Sabres who played during the drought for both these teams. Yes. That was good. Yes. Remy Ellie. I was very good. proud of when I when I pulled that <laughs> one out of the it just wasted brain space. space. It really needs to be on something more useful. So the guy I thought about immediately was Steve Ott, and I'm like, no, that was Blues. But it was both, right? He played for all three yep. of them. Yep. He went Stars to Sabres to Blues, all trades. Yep. And it's funny, as you were going through the exercise, I kept confusing Stars and Blues for some reason. I don't know what it was. Maybe because growing up, Minnesota North Stars, St. Louis Blues, they're in the old Norris division, right? And then now, mm-hmm. you know, they're kind of they're similar as well. But I kept confusing that in my brain. Um, but you guys had Don Granado on this morning as well. I thought it was really interesting when you asked him about Matias Samuelson and what kind of season he's had, because now we know that it's over. He definitely did not give an endorsement to, like, Samuelson having, like, oh, he was playing really well. In fact, he basically said, without saying, hey, I needed more out of Matias Samuelson, he basically basically said we needed more out of Matias Samuelson. That's what he said. Well, like all mm. of our players, they're growing. I, I demand so much. And, you, you know, you, you look at the potential. It, it definitely sounded to me like he was saying, and this is my interpretation, mm. he was basically saying I get enough out of him and he needed to be better this year. Yeah, I got a... Uh... I got a similar vibe, I would say, um, and I think that's mm-hmm. pretty. You know, if you if you really dive in on the season he had, uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. as good as it was last year. Like last year, he really was earning the ice time over twenty two minutes a night of a number a top pair defenseman. And this year, you know, a lot of I think his game in the neutral zone really got pretty poor. Um, still would make mm-hmm. some defensive breakups and would play physical in his own end. But for a guy that already was kind of a one-zone player, like Darlene's going to really you know, take much of the work out, off or outside your own blue line, I thought Samuelson just was giving them nothing in terms of puck movement. And he's not bad at that. He's not supposed to be. Passing-wise, he's mm-hmm. there. He's a smooth skater. Um, and anytime the puck was around him, I just felt like... Last year, I would feel like, all right, he won't do anything exciting, but he'll get it to the right place. And this year, I just felt like it was always going to the wrong place. If he were able to stay healthy, I think that contract is really nice. It's not overly consuming. It's 4.2 for the next, what, six, seven years. Mm-hmm. But the problem is he's just always hurt, right? Like, yep. when he plays, I think you could say, hey, I can live with that deal for the next whatever. He's young. It's not seven, eight million dollars a year. It's not you know Thompson money or Cousins money. It's it's half that essentially, a little less than half that, or more than half that. But I could live with that. The issue is he just he can't stay healthy, and and I think this is something that's obviously concerning right now. But they're going to have to get him healthy because he is a part of this team at that number for quite a while now. Yep, in the last three years. And they paid him after 54 games, keep in mind. Like, they paid him. Yep. He was one of, the, like, the, the earliest they've ever paid a guy. As early as anyone ever gets paid. And in the last three seasons, he'll miss 41 games this year. He missed 37 games last year. And he missed 37 games the year before that. So, I mean, add all that together. 74 plus 41. I mean, 100 and, um, 132 games he's missed in three years. I mean... You can't have that. I mean, the the worrisome for, thing for me 
is I don't know what he's supposed to do. I guess you just cross your fingers and hope he's getting unlucky, but he can't change his style of play when it comes to mm-hmm. being physical, you know, throwing your body around, blocking shots. Like, that's what he is. If he's not doing that stuff, he's not an NHL defenseman. I mean, that's what makes him good. So there's no getting more conservative. I mean, I guess you could limit his ice time and make him more of like an 18-minute-a-night guy instead of 20 to 22. But that's where my concern lies is I I hope he's just getting unlucky and it's not his style because that's the only style he can ever play. Yeah, I hear you. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board at all. We have a few minutes left here. Uh, you can do that, and we always get connected with our fans when you give us a call. That is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at NorthtownKia.com. The other thing that interested me was the way he talked kind of the opposite, if you, you want to put it that way. Not that he was, again, damning Samuelson in any way, mm-hmm. but wow, I mean, like Don Granado really, really thinks highly of Casey Middlestat, and I understand why, and mm-hmm. he's put together a really nice season here. But it's super interesting to me that, Here's a guy, again, that they there's been no rumblings about what they're going to do with him financially when they've already committed to these other guys. And now we've seen the body of work from Middlesat. We've seen it grow. He is the team's leading scorer. We see where he is right now. And yet it's kind of like the opposite of how they've treated the other guys who got paid before all that. Yeah. No, the last we heard was Lance Lysowski's story from a couple weeks ago that he hasn't been approached yeah. about a contract. And that is very different from how they've treated the others. I don't know yeah. what that could be. Do they are they making that conscious decision? Do they have some inkling from Middlestat that he's not really into signing an extension right now? I don't. I don't know. But it's weird to me they wouldn't want to keep going here. I mean, unless they're trying to utilize him as the main piece of like a bigger trade. But we've talked about that. Like I don't know what kind of trade you think you're pulling off with him. You better be getting a better player than he is. And I we haven't seen a trade like that from this team yet. So I, I did think Granado sounded like that on Middlestat. I also thought he was interesting on Thompson because Thompson is at 14 goals still on the season. And by the way, the biggest mm-hmm. area that his regression has come, and this might not even all be his fault, is power play. He had 20 power play goals last year. He has three this season. And Granado talked about... Thompson putting maybe too much pressure on himself, and he talked about his happiness. And that that's, makes sense, right? He's highly paid. He's the number one center. He was a superstar uh-huh. last year. So it would make sense that he puts all this pressure on himself. It's not going in the back of the net. The team's doing the way they are. And in turn, you know, he's feeling it a little bit. But I hope not because there's enough out there already. There, the NHLPA survey that came out the other day about how Buffalo is like third place in the league you wouldn't want to play, and it's not even because of the team. It's because it's just always gloomy in there. And I fear that that's just a, a state of being at, on that team and in that arena that they have to somehow overcome because we've heard mm-hmm. that repeatedly over the last six, seven years, and I just want to you know really hope that that's not what's happening to, uh, to Tage Thompson right now. I did not see this, this PA survey you're talking about. This is the first time I've heard of it. I guess did I Did you see this. the other parts where like uh Brad Marchand got named like the most the guy players most want to punch in the face? No. I, I have not that. seen any of this yet. This is new to me. I'm glad you're bringing it up because I 
I don't know when it came out, but I told you, like, I didn't watch any of the Pro Bowl or the skills. Yep. Maybe all that was going on at the same time. I think it was but late last week. This is interesting to me. Yeah, I think it was late last week. Okay. The Coyotes were, like, up there because they're not even a real arena. And actually, Carolina, was Carolina above Buffalo, too? It might have been because their locker rooms, I guess, are, like, the worst in hockey, especially the away locker rooms. Um, I think, by the way, this was not playing for the Sabres or playing. This was which team which city arena you least like to go play in and again it wasn't even players taking shots at the city it was more about just you play in the rink in buffalo and there's just not an atmosphere and it just feels gloomy in there and i mean all us fans sit in that arena we we know that that's the case but we also know that it's deserved because there hasn't been anything to cheer about a lot 100 percent right let's also remember I mean, sweet spot for you, like going to those, those, I wasn't even back in Florida, from Florida yet. 06, 07, going to that arena and what it can be like when they are good right. and when they are contending. But remember, right? that's why I think, you know, I wonder how many no trade lists they're back on this year after having this season. Mm-hmm. Is a lot of the players playing today, they don't remember 2006. That's right. <laughs> And that's that, right. That's oh, tough. I don't disagree, and I, I get that, but we also know it doesn't have to be like that all the time. Oh, no, right? you're right. You're right. But I guess, what is it? What's the value of it, right? right? If, if the league thinks that you just come here and it's depressing and, you know, the team's not good and the fans are mad all the time and just, like, how if you don't have a connection, if you don't know somebody here or you're not from the area... You know, mm-hmm. why Why is Jacob Chikrin, I'll use him as an example, because we don't know the Sabres didn't outbid Ottawa last year. I mean, it could have happened. If you're Jacob mm-hmm. Chikrin, you don't know the area, you don't really know anybody that's from the area or anybody on the team, and you hear, okay, Buffalo's trying to trade for you, I, I completely understand why Jacob Chikrin would go, yeah, I don't think I want to be a part of that. No, I hear, that's right. I agree with that. And you got to overcome it is that the, somehow. It's actually... Yeah, I, you know what's funny is we didn't have time for this with Eric. I was going to ask Eric a question about that today because he played mm. during the longest drought in professional sports and right. what that's like every day to try and be a, to not want you, you know right. you're fighting through that yourself on the team. Right. That, no, the Bills, I'm sure, would have gone through something similar. I'm sure during their drought. Right. And how did they overcome? I mean, winning does it, but what happens before winning? I mean, you know. The Bills got the right coach, and they had a they had a season, right? They made the playoffs, and then they got Allen, and boom, it's all over, just like that. All the gloominess, all the you don't even feel like you're really in the league. All that is just it's gone. So I guess that's it for here, right? Like you just have one year. This could have been last year. They were so close, where you make the playoffs, or you know the coach starts to get a little bit more respect, or you know. Maybe some of the players start to really establish their footprint in the league and they start to spread the message. I think that's what you yeah. need, but you got to have a season. You got to have a big season that kind of that puts that all to bed. Anybody you uh, you'd love to see win a Super Bowl here? Like to me, I I think it'd be cool for Christian McCaffrey. I'd like that. I'd be good with yeah. that. He'd be the first like star running back to win the Super Bowl in a long time. Oh yeah, you know. When's yeah, the last like right. superstar running back that won the Super Bowl? I guess that would be a 
really kind of subjective type of question, right? Yeah, but like guy that's like because if you look, look look at recent times, like it was Sony Michelle, it was Legarrette Blunt, it was last year, I guess it was Pacheco, and Pacheco's good, but he's not thought it wasn't Leonard Fournette. You wouldn't put him in there. He's not Leonard Fournette. I mean, I could, you know, I might go all the way back to Marshawn Lynch, like with Seattle. Yeah, Ronnie Hillman was the running back for the Broncos when they won. I mean, he wasn't a star. Yeah, so McCaffrey, that's a good one. I like that. I haven't thought of him for that a lot, but yeah, McCaffrey would be good. Good story. I like Debo. Be nice. Debo. Is anybody on the 49ers, like, if they win it, that'd be great. Like, Chiefs, ah, there's nobody I'm like, oh, yeah, that'd be great. Andy Reid. I will always feel good for Andy Reid when he wins, and also I want him to catch. (laughs) I would like him to take Belichick off his He has two already, dude. Yeah. No, right, I don't need him to get another one, but... You know, I I, I like Andy Reid. He, he can win as many as he wants. Just, yeah, just wish he would do it for a different team. Yeah. And I guess, you know, we'll still have that conversation, and it will be if, you know, if they were to win, especially if, you know, he winds up deciding that, you know, he wants to move on or retire, I guess. So, you know, those questions. We've got a lot more Super Bowl coverage headed your way the rest of the week. Hope you have a great rest of your Tuesday. Sabres live up next. Sabres take on the Dallas Stars tonight. We'll have that game for you here on WGR. And, of course, one Bills live after that, and then it's Chopin the Bulldog. Joe and I will be back here tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on the Extra Point Show. Enjoy the rest of your Tuesday. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.